The Boston Celtics cruise to an easy win over the Orlando Magic thanks to a defense that's finally resembling what Emi Odoka envisioned at the beginning of the season. Plus, Jalen Brown doesn't know what the F I'm talking about, and I'm going to show you why right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every single day, making it part of your daily routine. I do appreciate that. Uh, Locked On Celtics, free, available wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, it's on YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube. I'd love it if you did that. If you missed the show, it's available on LockedOnCeltics.com. Just scroll back, and you'll find them. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the media voters on the 75th anniversary team that was just released by the Celtics. Uh, So in this game, uh, in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Celtics blowout win, 116-83 over the Orlando Magic. In the third segment, Ime Odoka's concept of nameless, faceless opponents and the Celtics working on themselves. It's something that he has mentioned to us a couple times in the media. It's also something that Jalen Brown has never heard before in his life. And when I asked him about it, it led to one of the funniest exchanges of my career. And I'm going to share that with you later on in the third segment. In the second segment, we'll talk about the defense and the offense in a team that's starting to resemble what Emil Doka actually envisioned for this team this season, like they're finally starting to do it. But let's start with the specifics about this win, which was a Boston team beating an Orlando team that was terrible. It's just a bad team. Early on in the game, I felt like, first of all, the Celtics were very just cold, ice cold, frigid, colder than it was in Boston this weekend, which was pretty damn cold. Uh, the Celtics could not hit a shot. And I think there were one of 15. Uh, in the first quarter from three, but they were driving and, and when they did attack, they, they got what they needed. And so that certainly um, helped them build a, a pretty decent lead. They just couldn't hit anything from deep. I think early on the Celtics defense was okay. It was okay. It's fine. Uh, Orlando was very complicit in the early struggles. Like they missed a lot of shots. How many layups did Orlando miss? It felt like they missed a ton of layups. Like this game could have been a much different game if Orlando was just a little bit better, not even like a lot better, but just a little bit better. The Celtics, it felt like they were up 11 throughout the entire game up until midway through the third, the third quarter. And I, I was like, the Celtics just existed. And I thought, yeah, are the Celtics just like 11 points better than the Magic? And I went and I looked up their net ratings. And coming into this game, the Celtics' net rating is actually 11.5 points per 100 possessions better than the Orlando Magic. So 
literally the Celtics just in general by simply existing are 11 points better than the Orlando magic just in general. And so that, that kind of like explained a lot of what I was seeing in the first two and a half quarters. The Celtics were meandering along. They did some good things. They were, they were playing with a decent pace. They were playing like they were moving the ball a little bit, but then they would make some mistakes. It wasn't like a full on, like, true Celtics performance. They, they were settling for some shots. And then in the third quarter, they just, they went off. They gave up um, a little bit of a run. They were up by nine. There was a timeout. And yeah, hey, look, this is the story of this, this road trip, really. They disappoint to some degree. They give up a little bit of a run. Um, they you know, have a, a little bit of a lapse, not, nothing anywhere near what they, they had been doing. And then Ime calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout, they regroup, and they go on a run themselves. And, and that's kind of what happened in this game. I thought the Celtics were um, just once, – once that end of that third quarter came about, they, they really um, showed what kind of defensive team – they could be mix in Jalen Brown, just absolutely demoralizing Mo Bamba, just going right through him with one of the more vicious dunks you're going to see. And one of the best reactions too, because it was just like a calm, like just intense stare. Like it wasn't even like a stare down. He was just like business as usual. It was kind of wild. But once they got down to that stretch, I think the, the Celtics defense really put the game out of reach. That thing went from nine to 22 or 23, like in a hurry, the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, especially the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Celtics really stepped up. We got a big game from Dennis Schroeder, which was very necessary. I thought Marcus smart, Marcus smart has been the story of this like resurgence since Marcus smart has come back. They've done really well. They talk about it on the broadcast. You hear, um, you hear Scal talk about it. You hear Sean Grandy talk about it. Some sort of like Marcus Smart renaissance. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career. In this game, he was just kind of there. He was a little average, uh, I think, offensively. Defensively, he, he did what he did, but he made, he made you know, he had a few turnovers. He really wasn't playing the same level of basketball that he, that he had been. But I wonder if, if having Schroeder in there uh, overlapping a little bit kind of messed with that. But Schroeder, they, they needed somebody to attack and, and Schroeder was the guy to come in off the bench and attack. He had a, he had a really nice game for them. And um, if they, if they didn't get that off the bench, I think maybe the magic could have kind of come back and, and, and made their, made their run. And I, I don't think like, I didn't get the same feeling in this game of dread and, and Scal mentioned this in the broadcast normally in that third quarter when it's a nine point game, there'd be this feeling of like, Oh no, here we go again. I just didn't have that in this. The Celtics were very clearly the better team and they were just, I think the better team playing a bad team. And, and, you know, we can fold in the game uh, before that where the Celtics had another blowout. The Celtics have had now a couple of blowouts and, you know, in Detroit, it was kind of like the same thing. Like, I'm not going to get too, too into the Detroit game because it was, these were very similar games. Uh, 
a team that just Detroit was bad and the Celtics just kind of rolled a bad team. Orlando's bad and they eventually rolled a bad team. They ended up winning by 33. You know, Tatum had a cold shooting night. They, they had an overall cold shooting night, but Jalen Brown steps up. He had a 26 point game. Nice game for him. Like I said, Schroeder, 22 points, eight of 15 shooting, four of eight from three. That was a very necessary game from Schroeder. He played really, really well for the most part there. Uh, they got 15 points from Jason Tatum. Okay, six of 18, that's not good. Two of eight from three, that's not good. Nine rebounds, seven assists, a steal, that's good. Like he, He's been passing very, very well lately. Al Horford, 13 points, 11 rebounds, four of them offensive, five assists. He, he's been very good at filling in these blanks throughout the course of the game where he, it's a necessary putback. It's, um, he had a couple of baskets in the post in that third quarter where it was kind of like, you know, the Celtics were kind of still scuffling along and missing from three and you just get it to Al Horford in the paint and he, he does well. And, and so they get all these nice little performances. Robert Williams had his moments, you know, smart defensively had his moments, Grant Williams hitting shots, uh, you know, Grant Williams in the Detroit game. I got to mention Grant Williams in the Detroit game going coast to coast and like behind the back and, Robert Williams outed him after after the game because it looked like a lob to Robert Williams to you know and it was a nice play and all of that and he gets he gets an assist on that but it really was a missed shot and Rob said so after the game but Grant Grant played well there's not much more to say about this game the Celtics went out there and blew the doors off a bad team they did it twice now they get to play Detroit and they um, they will be tested. I mean, I'm sorry, they, they get to play Brooklyn and they will be tested on Tuesday. Brooklyn, they won't have Kyrie because it's a home game. They they may or may not have James Harden. They won't have um, Kevin Durant. So if, if they don't have all three of those guys, then maybe the, the test won't be so big and the Celtics can go out there and, and work Brooklyn and take over sixth place. The Celtics are now four and a half games out of first place. You're heading into the all-star break Soon, if they can maintain this, they're four and a half games out of first. They're tied four and a half games back. There's a little percentage points difference because the Celtics have played more games, but the Celtics are now tied for the sixth seed. And if you start to string some more of these wins together, maybe you maybe you get into that, that sixth seed by yourself. So now you're tied with Brooklyn. You go out there on Tuesday, you handle your business, you pass Brooklyn. You see if Toronto, the, the Monday night game, Toronto and Charlotte, that'll be a big one. You kind of want Charlotte to win that one to knock Toronto back down. And Celtics could head into that Brooklyn game, you know, with less of a, you know, you know one team already knocked off. They, they could hold the sixth seed on their own. They could pass Brooklyn. So it's starting to work out for the Celtics. It's starting to work out. In fact, I'll get into how the team is coming together the way Ime Odoka envisioned after, uh, after I take a quick moment to tell you about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, I've talked about Built Bar as the, um, this is the time of year where most people give up on their New Year's resolutions. But Built Bar is actually gonna help you stick to those. Why? Because when you go to the gym, you can have a Built Bar afterwards and help fuel your workout 
and feed your body and get it what it needs so you can make some of those gains. Or if you're a snacker and you wanna go home and you, you normally blow out your resolution by reaching into the candy drawer and pulling out a chocolate bar, then you can replace that with a, a built bar. And, and you're really gonna get, uh, instead of 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar, you're gonna get 130 calories and four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So there are a ton of different options on, on built.com. Try the puffs, which are one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. So think about what I'm talking about. We're talking about chocolate covered protein bars and marshmallows that are actually low sugar, low carbs, plenty of protein and all of that. Go check them out for yourself. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. You can get it every single time. So if you want to try one thing, try mix and match, whatever, go ahead, use that promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off every single time at built.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Thursday is the trade deadline at 3 p.m. So at 2 p.m., I will be part of the Lockdown Podcast Network's live trade deadline coverage starts at 2 p.m. on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. It's me. It's Josh Lloyd of Lockdown Fantasy uh, Basketball, Antonio Daniels, former NBA veteran and hosted by Kim Becker, who hosts Lockdown Now, another podcast that you should be listening to on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Join us Thursday at 2 p.m. Starting at 2 p.m. We've already got a couple of deals that have gone down. You see Karis LeVert going to Cleveland. That's a big get for Cleveland. They're kind of they're kind of going for it right now. We've seen deals happening already uh, with Portland and sending Norm Powell to the Clippers. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, so make sure you're following the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Set those notifications, and we will talk about every deal that has already happened, that will happen on, on trade deadline day. So uh, follow us there. The Celtics are heading to Brooklyn on Tuesday with a chance to be the sixth seed all by themselves. And when you look at the standings, it's kind of wild that the Celtics have moved up into this, into this spot. Now, will they catch the Philadelphia 76ers? Maybe not, but they do play each other. So I can't expect the Celtics to win out and, and finish you know, perfect going into the All-Star break. This is their fifth win in a row here, but I don't think they're going to go on a 10-11 game winning streak. But you know, hey, hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe. I can't say no, they won't. But they currently are three games behind Philly for the fifth seed. And there's this whole jumbled mess. The seeds one through four, Miami, Chicago, Milwaukee, Cleveland, all separated by one game. Philly, uh, one, one and a half games. So one through five is separated by one and a half games. Then you have this mix of Toronto, Brooklyn, Boston, all four and a half games back. Charlotte, six games back. This, this is anybody's East. And we know who the class of the East looks like, but the Celtics have gone through a ton of adversity. If they hold on here, what adversity have some of these other teams gone through? Not a whole lot. If, if they do have a, a rough spot there, then, you know, this, this could be Boston's time to make a run. And who knows? By the time we get to the trade, the, the uh, all-star break, they could be exactly where we thought they would be. And 
this brings me to Ime Odoka saying that this is basically what they envisioned this team to be. We are starting to see actually the first bits of a fully realized Boston Celtics team, a team that hangs its hat on defense, that has a passable offense, and is, is going to be that puncher's chance type of team. This is a better team that they had than they had shown in the beginning of the season. This is why um, I was always hoping, like, come on, you know, patience and all that stuff. I was definitely being more optimistic than, than most. And, and we're starting to see why. The starting lineup of Tatum, Smart, Brown, Horford, Robert Williams, their defensive rating, that starting five defensive rating is 89.8. That is ridiculous. It's the best in the NBA in lineups with 100 minutes or more together. The, the next lineup that they have, the uh, Josh Richardson subbed in for Al Horford, same group except Richardson for Horford. They've only played 45 minutes together. 98.9 defensive rating and an offensive rating of 125. So their net rating is 26.1. So their starting lineup is their 25.2 net rating and a ridiculous defensive rating. And their, you, you, the smaller ball with Richardson in there instead of Horford is right there with it. In fact, better, 26.1 as a net rating. This team is showing what they can normally be. And we say, all right, well, they're playing crappy teams. You're playing Detroit. They played Detroit like four times. Um, you're playing Orlando. You're playing the, the, the worst of the worst. And even the good teams that you play, they're missing everybody. So you go play Brooklyn. And if you, if you play Brooklyn and there's no Harden, Durant, or Kyrie, then that's not really Brooklyn. You're basically playing the magic all over again, even though they have some like Patty Mills is, is still somebody that you have to worry about, but yeah, obviously that that's a, a very advantageous situation for the Celtics, but you play who you play. There are teams who have already played all these bad teams. You, you, you have to face these bad teams at some point, you have to have a stretch against these bad teams and when you look at all of everything, the in totality, the Celtics have the league's sixth best net rating. So through all of this, throughout the entire season, 55 games played, the Celtics have the league's sixth best net rating. They've had problems throughout the course of the year. They've had problems closing. They've, they've really made some, some serious mistakes. Some of that is players breaking bad habits. Some of it is rookie head coach. Some of it is poor roster construction. But now here they are fully formed with smart Tatum, Brown, Josh, I mean, uh, Rob and, and Al as your starting lineup. And that works. That lineup works. Now, if, if somebody gets hurt, the Celtics aren't built to withstand injuries like this, like, like we had earlier this season. That's why their, their, their record is not good. They're not built to withstand that stuff. But when they're fully whole, you are seeing the things that we were talking about earlier this year, how they can be an elite defensive team and how they are going to be struggling to shoot, which was evident in this game against Orlando. But if they can make 
the passes and move and cut and do all of that stuff, then they could be a, a decent offense. Their defense can lead to offense, but the passing can also lead to offense. That's why I harp on that stuff so much. You got to cut, you got to move, you got to do all that stuff because that's how you overcome whatever lack of shooting, whatever lack of talent. You force the defense to pay attention to you and you pull them out of position. Then you can start getting easy baskets. You take advantage of that. But the Celtics, the Celtics are moving in that general direction. They have an, an offense that's basically middle of the pack and a defense that's been over the course of the, um, the past 15 games, the best defense in the league. And over the course of the entire season, the fourth best defense in the league. So they're certainly trending upwards. As far as that offense goes, think about what's happened. One of the biggest people that's been challenged here is Jason Tatum. Assists per game, November, December, averaging less than four, about 3.7 per game. In January, up to 4.6. In February, three February games, 5.7. He's starting to do the things like it's starting to click. Overall, as a team, assist percentage in October, November, 57.5. December, 60.4. January, they were 66.9. So, and, and that's where they are in February, which is sixth best in the league. So all of a sudden, we're starting to see it. And yeah, you, you, you beat Orlando, like big deal. But you didn't just beat Orlando. You beat them by 33. You didn't just beat um, the Pistons, although they ended up winning by nine. That was all garbage time kind of screw-ups. They had that lead up over 20. They've been beating teams uh, by a very healthy margin. In fact, if you sort out the standings by point differential, the Celtics are at 4.1 now. That's third best in the East behind Cleveland's 4.4 and Miami's 4.3 and ahead of Milwaukee's four. So your, your point differential, thanks to these blowouts, is among the better in the league. In fact, three teams out West, Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah have a better one, but that's it. So the Celtics are sixth in the NBA. That's they're they're falling. A lot of this stuff, fifth, sixth, seventh in the that's where they are right now. So it's taken a while and they need to be healthy. But all of this talk about Ime Odoka and fire Ime, obviously very premature. Like obviously that stuff was overblown. And I get why it happened, but I think now we can all kind of calm down and understand that this is the uh, this team here as constructed, fully healthy. They're coming out strong. They're listening to the coach. They're doing the things mostly that they're supposed to be doing. And there's plenty of room to improve. There's a lot of room for improvement. So on top of everything that they're doing, they can still get better. So we're starting to see it. The trade deadline is going to come and go. We'll see. I think Schroeder's probably still going to go. I think he expects it. He talked after the game. He seems kind of like prepared for it. It, it is what it is. And he understands that. Um, one of the things that has gotten the Celtics to this point is their focus on themselves. 
Ime Udoka calls it nameless, faceless opponents. I'll explain more of that, and I'll let you hear Jalen Brown uh, being introduced to that term apparently for the first time. Because despite Ime Udoka saying it to us a bunch of times, he's apparently never said it to the team. So that led to a pretty hilarious moment. I'm going to talk about that next. First, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right into the big game in uh, at the end of the week. Uh, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. One of Emo Doka's new things that he likes to say is nameless, faceless opponent. And that's the concept is. It doesn't matter who's in front of us. I think he's adopted that because they're playing some real crap teams, right? Detroit, Orlando. So what, what, what's been one of the Celtics' problems this year, playing down to an opponent they, last year? See somebody in front of them that you think is below you, beneath you, and so you play down to that opponent. And Ime is like, nope, we can't afford that. So we're going nameless, faceless opponent. And the concept is just... Don't worry that it's Orlando. Don't worry that it's Detroit. Worry about you executing what we're trying to execute. And don't sit there and be like, well, we don't have to do that against Detroit or Orlando because we're better than them. No, go out there, play the right way, do what you're supposed to do. And then you can sit down in the fourth quarter and have garbage time. And you you play like 20 something minutes. Um, Now, Tatum still played 35 minutes in this game, I think, because <laughs> the bench blew most of the lead against Detroit that I think uh, Ime kind of stuck with the starters a little bit longer than, than he normally would have. But aside from Tatum, everyone else played less than, uh, less than 30 minutes. But point is, this concept of nameless, faceless opponent is simple. Just go out there. You're, you're playing those and one logos. You know, the old and one logo with no face and just that, that that's your opponent. doesn't matter who's in front of you execute the offense, the way it's supposed to be executed defense, follow that, you know, communicate switch when you're supposed to switch when you're not supposed to make sure you're communicating. Um, everybody's on the same page defensively, get out there and run and all of that stuff. Like, so I think that I like that concept. I like that concept. So full disclosure, when I'm covering a game, I have my Boston Sports Journal, my BSJ game report, which is just a run through of the headlines, what happened in the game, the turning point up and down. Like it's a real, like if you miss the game, here's a good synopsis of what happened. And then I have to write a bigger column analysis some some level of bigger story, like the bigger thing that I'm going to focus on. And sometimes I don't come up with that idea until a running theme kind of presents itself in the post game 
press conference. So Ime in the post game talked about the faceless opponent. And I was like, that's it. He said it before the game. He said it after the game. He said it the other day. I want to dig a little deeper into this, what this team is trying to do. So my plan was ask Ime about it, ask both players who came out, which were Jalen and Dennis Schroeder to try to get a sense of what's Ime saying with this? What are you guys taking from this? And all of that. Ime gives me a, a good answer about everything I just explained to you. I, you know, and I, I love the concept because it, it does combat what the Celtics have been, you know, one of their, one of their weak spots this year. So then I ask Jalen Brown about the nameless faceless opponent concept. Here is the entire <laughs> exchange where Jalen Brown is apparently caught completely by surprise by the notion of nameless, faceless opponent. Jalen, uh, Ime talks about um, nameless, faceless opponents. Um, what, what does that message mean to you, and how, how has that helped in this turnaround? Say that one more time. Uh, nameless, faceless opponent. Yeah, he he says he talks about like the nameless, nameless, faceless opponents. Um, he's mentioned to that 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 to us a couple of times about, um, you know, I guess focusing on yourselves. I mean, is that something? Is that a message that he's like specifically mentioned to you guys? Or yeah, your guess is good as mine, John. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, I, name nameless. Say it again. Name is nameless, faceless opponents. Is that even me? Okay, got you. Yeah, let's go with that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. He, maybe that's just the phrase that he uses with us, then, and he doesn't use it with you guys. Uh, yeah, let's roll with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I was asking. I, I figured that it was something that he also mentioned to you guys, so I was wondering what if that was a, a, a new focus. Is that something that you guys have been focusing on? Recently, like, let's, you know, forget about who we're facing. Let's focus on ourselves. Is that something new that you guys are trying to focus on? I like it. So let's just, we're going to roll with it from now on. Nameless, faceless opponents. Let's do it. Sounds good, Jalen. Thanks very much. We'll wrap it up right there. Thank you. I, I am just, I think it is so hilarious. Just why I've watched that clip over and over again. He's, uh, he's taken aback, taken aback, completely out of left field, has never heard that, that terminology before, which is so surprising to me because Ime says it to us, and he said it to us a few times, and I, I thought he might have actually used that terminology with the team apparently not because Jalen Brown has no clue but he's rolling with it he's gonna roll with it I don't know where this is gonna go I don't know where if the nameless faceless thing is just gonna be a thing that you know uh I talked about like the the Celtics you know you always have like a nickname maybe maybe that catches on I I picture Jalen going back to the team bus or getting on the plane afterwards and going to emails like, what the hell is this? What's John talking about? One nameless, faceless. Like, what is that? I kind of want to know how that conversation went because 
he was so he, he he literally he's like i don't know what you're talking about man i like he honestly was like i you gotta you gotta help me out because i, I have no clue um one one of the uh funniest uh exchanges i've had in a post-game setting in my career um the hilarious hilarious to me so thank you Jalen for just <laughs> a great, great moment uh very interesting to see how this how this continues uh I'll be back tomorrow I will have uh Tom Morrison home with me again joining me a little bit more often to to bring another voice to the podcast so I'll have Tom on tomorrow to talk a little bit more about the Celtics and and where we think they are because there's a lot to unpack here as they move forward and who knows how how things are going to go between now and the next couple of weeks. Celtics have some big games coming up. Brooklyn, Denver, Atlanta, Philly. That will show, that'll tell us a lot. That will tell us a lot. Can the Celtics win a couple of those games? Go two and two? Can they go three and one? Can they go four and oh? Don't don't let them go one and three or oh and four because that that would be that would be rough. But I'll be talking about it all week long. Podcast is five days a week, Monday through Friday. Thank you for those of you who do make it your first listen every day. I appreciate it. Those of you who haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, I would love to get you to watch the show on YouTube. We're getting closer to 3,800. Want to get to 4,000 subscribers, hopefully by the All-Star break. That would be really great for me. I really would appreciate that. So those of you who do subscribe, share the podcast. Please tell your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.